Welcome to Redesigning High School. I'm Terry DeBow, English teacher and director of special projects here at Hawkins School outside of Cleveland. And I'm Julia Griffin, and I'm the director of the Mastery School. Julia, have we got a conversation before us? This is uh, one of the one of the great ones in high school. So um, we're going to talk about college. Um, the landscape of college admissions is always interesting uh, and complex. Um, so when you add a little mastery learning and a mastery transcript and a mastery school uh, and all these other schools that are trying to redesign things, it's going to get even more complicated. So that's what we brought in Renee. Uh, Renee Bischoff is uh, the Director of College Counseling here at Hawkins. She's an esteemed professional in the field, and she's going to help us figure it out. So welcome, Renee. Thanks. Um, I'm happy to be here. And by using the word esteemed, is that just a euphemism for really old? It is not. Oh, okay. That just is, wondering. That no. is not intent. Okay. Just, <laughs> is that how it was received? Well, no. I mean, it's just if we're going to talk about mastery learning and <laughs> flexibility and new curriculums, you know. Right. Uh, <laughs> deeply experienced and knowledgeable. And flexible. And flexible. And, and very flexible. Yes. Uh, nimble, I think, would be the word that, that I would use. That's yes. perfect. We'll that's yes. perfect. I'll Excellent. just add that we both are so appreciate you as a colleague um, and someone who does incredible work in supporting students at Hawkins. So it's really fun to have you in the studio. And you do have a great NPR voice, just for the record. You oh, do. well, thanks. Yes. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> also, redesigning school voice, not simply. Yes. The, yes. Sorry, should I not have said that? Is that uh, like no, it's fine. Placement? Yeah, okay, let's okay. see what happens. Maybe they'll sue us. We'll get a, we'll get. Notoriety. Pretty exciting. <laughs> um, all right. But before we dig into the intersection between uh, school redesigns and college admissions and all of that, can you just describe a little bit about the landscape that today's high school students have to navigate when it comes to the college process? I feel like it's you want to give a kid a, a giant backpack and, and start them on this process of exploration. Um, the landscape is it's varied. It's complex. Um, and I think it starts early and earlier for the kids. Um, I think it used to be maybe back when a bunch of us were going through this process, you'd start thinking about it maybe towards the end of your junior year, often maybe not even till the beginning of your senior year. You would apply, you would get in, and then you would make your decision. And now the process is moving earlier and earlier for students. And it's become quite a challenge. I mean, I think there's a testing calendar. There's the choice of schools, trying to figure out where to apply, where to visit, um, picking a major. The idea that you have to know what you want to do as a 16 or 17-year-old just to figure out what school you want to go to. Then there's the essays. So many to write. So many supplements to write. Deadlines hard to manage all of the different deadlines in the process. And as I said, they're getting earlier and earlier. And then you add on top of all of that, the cost of college, whether it's an in-state school or it's an out-of-state school or private or public, the costs of college has gone, have gone up dramatically well over the increase in inflation. And all of that just leads to a process that's difficult to understand, stress-inducing for students and parents. Um, yeah, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. So at Hawken, for the, we've been redesigning school for more than a decade, which we talk about all the time on this podcast. And um, as students get to experience the kinds of things that they do in intensives and in macros and these, you know, really um, rich and unusual educational experiences that they have at Hawken, I'm wondering from your perspective, what role do those experiences play in the college process and experience for students? I think one of the key opportunities that our students have is that by having these experiences, it, it opens their mind to think about the college process differently. Um, when you get a chance to take an engineering macro class and work with 
folks who have cerebral palsy and design a toy and then work on something for a hydrology company, you start to look at colleges a little differently in thinking about what are the experiences you're going to be able to have. So I think in some ways, the experiences our kids have at Hawken allow them to be more in charge of the process. Um, they take more ownership on and they're looking to see what will the college provide them. Alternatively, students are better able to tell their stories. Um, we have so many more opportunities to talk about what's unusual or different about each student, even if they don't see it as being different. Um, I always laugh about this, but the students will come in and they'll think, they'll ask, well, doesn't every student have the opportunity to take an off-campus program as a part of their class? And they're yeah. very surprised when we tell them, no, you're pretty much the only people in the country doing this. Um, so that's really interesting for them and getting them to articulate what it was about going to Los Angeles and meeting people in different parts of the city and how does that reflect their interest in urban design? How does it reflect their interest in politics? How does it reflect their interest in possibly studying science or sociology or psychology or business? Um, they come back with their heads filled with different ideas and, and opportunities to think about what they want to study. Um, from our perspective in the college office, we get to write the best letters. They're not boring. I've never written any letter the same twice. Um, each kid is very different and they have very different experiences. So the fact is, I think it makes my job a lot more entertaining and more fun. And, and when you think and about- And the kids are more fun. Sure, because they're having these richer yeah. experiences. So in a traditional school, you know, when they're picking their courses and they're going through the, you know, the catalog, you know, it's English 1, English 2, English 2 Honors, English 3 AP, those limitations, which are, you know, presented as opportunities, do you think that our kind of, the kinds of programs that we've designed sort of interrupt that, that thinking that you have, there's a singular progression that they need to take in order to be attractive to colleges? One of the questions I ask juniors, we've just started meeting with them in the last month, is what experience do you feel like you need to have before you graduate from Hawken? And that is such an interesting question, and they readily have an answer. Either it's a teacher whose seminar class they want to take because they've heard great things about the teacher in the class, it's a macro, it's I'm applying for this off-campus program, or an intensive that they think is going to be interesting. So the kids don't want to process things in that rote way. Sometimes I'll actually have to tell a student, boy, you're really going to need to have this class as a part of your curriculum because this college is going to ask you for that as a part of their process um, in evaluating. They're going to look for this class. And I sometimes will see a look of absolute disappointment on the child's face because they don't really want to take that class. They want to do something else, but it's what they have to do. So I think we're creating opportunities for things kids want to do. And along the way, they're still checking those boxes. Right. You know, our English seminars are still English classes. And they're much more interesting to the students. And I would add to this, this is where I think the colleges um, really need to be thinking about what we're doing is most of the colleges are offering seminars too. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, and I think that we all have figured out that if the teacher is really engaged in the subject matter and the students have chosen and are really engaged with the subject matter, the whole experience is going to be much, much better. Right. Um, and, you know, teachers know this, right, and can talk about voice and choice and all that. But schools as inst and institutions haven't always caught up. Right. Um, yes. I also love what you say about agency, Renee, um, both because uh, I think that that agency that students develop over the course of getting to make choices and then have these experiences that really, you're right, like so few high school students get to have as part of school. Um, it's so in line with adolescent 
development that they get to take on these different roles and try different things and see which ones really click and really excite them. Um, and it fits with what we know about what makes students be successful when they actually get to college, right? Which is all about, and this is a, you know, shout out to our friend Denise Pope and the Challenge Success team for their great white paper on this, which we can link to, I'm sure. Um, we'll do it is, again. We did it last we'll time. Do it we'll again. do it again. And if you didn't read it last time, now really read it, but it's great. And it's, um, it, it, she, the, she and the team, um, really emphasize that it's so much more important that you are engaged at, and active in and have that agency in your college experience than where you go to college. Um, That's absolutely right. And another thing you might choose to link to is the Purdue Gallup. Yes. Six um, elements of success in college students. And you could actually push that back to high school students, which is Mm -hmm. having a relationship with a mentor, working on an extended project, doing something that connects you to the real world. And there's a couple of others. Um, But I do think that's absolutely right. And in in our process here at Hawken, um, we have the opportunity to take the experiences from these specialized course options and connect them to different colleges. So last year, our students, we had a group of about 120 students, went to 63 different colleges. So when I hear from other colleagues that they have a top 25, a rotating regular playlist, it's like serious satellite radios, you know, 80s <laughs> hits, it's just the same Bon Jovi songs again and again. Um, that's just, you know, for the folks in the audience who are at that age level. Right. Um, I'm with you. Yeah, okay. Bon Jovi, um, yeah. But we, our playlist is bigger. And that mm-hmm. was actually sort of a bad year. The year before it was 71 different schools. And there are a lot of colleges and universities out there. And when we are able to help a student find a place that fits them, and again, you have these class offerings, they are, they're demanding us to broaden our reach in terms of school selection and school suggestions. So we have to know, we have to be much quicker on our feet and uh, more nimble in making suggestions to students. Yeah. So I just want to sort of go, go back to something you said, which I think you put your finger on this conundrum that the mastery transcript was trying to fix, which is that uh, historically uh, the transcript, the high school transcript has shaped a student's experience and has moved kids along through down the assembly line. And the mastery transcript idea is no, we're going we're gonna to sh- shift that. We're going to focus on can you demonstrate mastery over skills and content, regardless of whether, you know, the class, you know, the Carnegie unit of whether you sat in a class or the grade you got, those things disappear. It's only can you do, can you demonstrate master of these things? Um, and so that does sort of reshape what high school can feel like because you're focusing on on what you get to know, get, you know, get to learn how to do. Um, so in your experience, you've been out in the, in the world a little bit. What has the reaction been to this mastery transcript and this paradigm shift that's uh, that is inside of it. Well, I think at many levels, colleges are looking for ways to get to know the students better in the college admissions process. So many schools will talk about what they call holistic admissions. They're looking at a lot of pieces of data. Um, they're looking at where the student comes from, the student's family background. Um, they're looking at um, experiences the student has had, but what the mastery transcript is going to give them is what they're actually doing in school on a deeper level. So you could get a C minus in algebra two, that'll pass you to the next math class, but does it actually tell you whether you're really good um, with data? Does it actually tell you whether you're really good with strategic thinking? It it really doesn't. And at the end of the day, employers, colleges, um, 
we need these kinds of skills. And so how do you make those assessments? Um, the Carnegie unit just says, I sat in a room for a certain amount of time and then they let me leave the room and go someplace else. And then right. I probably had two hours of homework. Um, I think the mastery transcript allows students to do two things. One is work to their strengths um, and have those strengths identified and supported by a mentor. But what it what it is not doing is taking away those must-haves. So students have to have a certain number of things or they won't be able to graduate from high school. So it's not saying that this kid can do this mastery transcript and it's going to say they're really great verbally, but they don't care about math. It may say they have a, a talent or an affinity for doing things on one side. Perhaps it's art, perhaps it's literature. And the math piece is there, but it's not their strength in the same way. It, we could also have a student who demonstrates an Im incredible fluidity with numbers and can do a lot of different things in that space. And that may be aligned to a different kind of academic program. So that's to say, I think that the colleges at, at, at all levels can find things about this transcript that will allow them to create better matches with students. Right. Yeah, I agree. And I'll, I'll just chime in for a second to say, I think that exactly what you just described is the beauty of that foundational credit, advanced credit structure, right? So the foundational credits are the floor. That's what every student needs to have in order to graduate. But then that opportunity beyond that to shape your destiny and to focus on the things that you either that are your natural strengths or the things you recognize that you want to get better at and you care about. Like, I think that that um, those are real uh, advantages of the structure of the transcript that make it very different. And the, the thing that admission officers are really looking for as a part of that master transcript process is getting a sense of the leadership and social emotional pieces that are coming out in that the transcript as a part of citizenship, um, school community. Those are the things that are going to allow the colleges to make decisions in students' favors because they the colleges want the kids to graduate. You know, they're going to see, oh, this is a kid who's got a lot of uh, resilience. This is a kid who's persevered. There'll be more demonstrations of that in this transcript than there are in the current transcript. And and that, I think at that the provides end, very little, if no room for that. No. Right. Well, and you also like whenever I talk to colleges, they want to know if it's a good if the student's a good person. Right. I mean, all these colleges are faced with the same challenges high schools are in terms of um, anxiety and stress and mental health. The colleges are looking for a way to figure out if the kids can be successful on those campuses. This transcript actually provides them with more information than the current system. So over the next few years, um, we will get to work together in helping the first class of mastery school students um, apply to college. And luckily that's a few years away, but it'll be here before we know it. And uh, I wonder as you think about it um, with the mastery school, you know, a different model of teaching and learning and um, such immersive experiential uh, approaches. Um, what, how are you, uh, how are you feeling about that as that, as we look ahead at that possibility? I'm really excited about meeting the students who are going to be a part of this this new school program. Um, first of all, the the pioneers or whatever we're going to decide to call them. <laughs> totally, I, mean, I think they're going to be some of the most fascinating children I've ever met. So I'm excited to meet all these incredible new people who are also being courageous and kind of jumping into this with both feet. So that's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think the the college counseling process will be so interesting because we're going to have to do two things. One, help the kids understand that what they're doing is unconventional and at the same time introduce them to some conventional models of education. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have to take them to Ohio State and say, 
you know what, this is what a classroom that teaches 500 kids looks like mm -hmm. and see if their faces freak, if they freak out and say, that's not for me. Um, then we're going to have to identify some programs that may be more aligned to the way that they've been learning in this mastery high school and see if that's a fit for them or if it's sort of Goldilocks or something that's going to be just right. Mm -hmm. um, so I think just the opportunities it presents us as a staff to think about learning about the kids and their experiences. Um, I'm excited about the opportunity to go and spend some time down at that campus just hanging out with these kids and getting to know them because that's Absolutely. really, that's I think our secret sauce is we know our kids yes. and getting to see what they're doing and to be able to talk about it and advocate for them and also watching the kids do that for themselves. So I, I kind of feel like these are these prizes and whoever gets them is going to be so lucky to have these kids on campus. So from my perspective, yeah. good luck for them. I mean, there's lots of other high schools around the country that are doing things a little differently without grades. We're going to do it without grades and with this new transcript. Um, so there's pieces we're going to have to do. One, we'll have to get them to see some colleges for mm -hmm. sure. Two, we're probably going to have to build in some test preparation, not because we think having high test scores is the only thing that's important, but if it's a part of the college process, we need to make sure that kids have practice and and are, are we're giving that to everybody in an equitable way. Absolutely. Um, and then we're going to have to allow ourselves to be open to the stories and experiences they're bringing to us so that we can figure out how to find them a list of reaches, matches, and um, likely schools. Um, and then finally, we're going to have to really tell the story. Like when those reps don't yeah. want to talk to us about it, we're going to say, no, no, you need to talk to us about this because this is amazing. Yeah. I love that. And I couldn't agree with you more as the class is, as this, our first class is starting to shape up. This is going to be an incredible group of young people going through this and building culture and building the school together. And I agree with you. Yeah, the, by the, the stories time, are going to be incredible. I was yeah. just going to say, you know, by the time a kid is through, by the time yep. they, they come to you and they're really in the college process, they're going to have said so many experiences. They are going to be overflowing with stories if that's yeah. really the goal. And just the, the demonstrations of their curiosity, their initiative to learn, um, th those are going to be things that I I'm just going to be so excited about. I mean, already we have students at Hawken who take these classes, um, whether it was the Vietnam class mm -hmm. that got to travel. I mean, they took a whole fall semester of literature on Vietnam from both sides of the war. They read eight novels and then they went to Vietnam for 20 days. Those are interesting kids. These are going to be kids that get to design a program in some ways and follow an interest with the mentorship and support of incredible teachers and each other. This sort of seems like yes. heaven. I mean, I probably would have been too freaked out <laughs> as a rigid, like dutiful little high school girl, but it probably would have made my life so much happier. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, I, lo I love to think of high school Renee and, you know, and high school Julia and high school Terry and all of us and what something like this could have meant, you know? I think high school Terry was probably really much more fun than high school Julia and high school it was not I think fun. you're probably right. I, I think he was more Actually, fun. I'm pretty sure. It, was, um, it, it might have been kind of fun. I think so. <laughs> but, but having said that, I think the, the hesitation I think that parents sometimes have about this is, does it seem too fun? Right. And and it's I actually think... suspicious if it's too fun. Is there anything <laughs> wrong with a kid who enjoys learning? Well, that's really one of the major distinctions is like fun and joy are not the same thing, right? I mean, it could be joyful and it could be gratifying and and stretching and all of those things. And it might look like they're having fun, but in fact, what they're doing is something much deeper. They could yeah. also be having fun. But. Right. Well, when kids take take the macro classes, it it kicks their butt. 
yeah. then they say at the end of it, I've never worked harder in my entire life. I've never had so much fun in a class. I've never had expectations so high. And when I was able to deliver those expectations, you know, it was incredible. Um, and that's kids want the bar to be raised. That's right. They want, you know, I think the kids are tired of getting participation trophies. I think they actually want mm -hmm. real feedback. They want real mentorship. They want real support, but they also want to do it on their own. Right. Yeah. And I think having the bar be raised because of a real, uh, because of, sorry for the jargon, but because of an authentic challenge is very different from I'm Miss Griffin and I have arbitrarily decided that this is going to be the hardest class ever. Right. right? When it's a real thing that needs to be solved, then, you know, it's, I, I didn't make up that this student, need, you know, this child needs a water gun adapted so that they can play with it. Like uh, that's a real thing. And yeah. what are we going to do about right. it? Yep. Um, yeah, I agree. So let's pull back as we end here to think about schools that are just trying to think about the, to generate the courage to redesign approaches or programs or whether they're going whole hog and making a new school or just trying to change things. Oftentimes the college process and, and the specter of colleges is brought it forward as like the impediment, the obstacle, the reason why you can't change. Can you just, you know, give us a pep talk about why college and the college business problem shouldn't play that role? It or if you think it should, we should probably figure this out now. Yeah, no, no, no. no. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I mean, the the most successful college graduates are the students who engage in the learning process, create relationships with mentors, and kind of blaze trails that are a little bit different. Right now, interdisciplinary learning is becoming more popular on college campuses, and they're kind of freaking out because I'm a department chair, and what do I do about that? But then mm -hmm. you look at the curriculum, and the most popular classes are cross-listed or kids are minoring or double minoring or double majoring. This is where education is going. The industrial model of college, it's just taking it's just taking longer for them to get there. I think our kids shouldn't be afraid because they will become the next leaders in that educational movement and probably happier, also probably more interested in lifelong learning. I don't anticipate that many of the students that are going to go through the mastery school um, or even the Hawk and Upper School are going to be content with doing the same thing over and over again just because someone says, you're supposed to do it that way or because I told you so. Right. Yeah. They're not, that's, they're not, they don't accept that now. Right. These are kids who want to, they want to go out and make an impact on the world. This is a very socially conscious and, and open-minded and giving set of young people. That's what this generation is all about. And the school is the Agreed. right option for them. Yeah. So what if a school was designed to support that? And if you don't redesign it, you're going to, you're going to have a lot of hard, you're going to have a hard time attracting teachers. Yeah. You know, new teachers don't want to teach the same way anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming in and uh, speaking to us. These are obviously really complicated issues. There's not a quick, easy solution, but it's good to have partners who are thinking about it. Um, also, thank you to Julia and to Nick Fletcher, who's our editor, uh, editor. And thank you if you're listening. If you're so moved, we love reviews and all the rest. Follow us on social media. Uh, Julia, we're over 400 on Twitter. Have, I haven't done a report later. No, lately. but that's exciting. It is Twitter. exciting. I, yeah, you are we, there. Will we be making a TikTok redesigning there oh, oh, man. Someone else will be in charge of that. I won't have to do that. Uh, anyway, so thank you guys for, uh, for listening, and we'll be back soon. Thanks, Renee. Thanks. Thanks.